You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today for you guys, we are interviewing Jenica Cohen, the author of Dangerous Alliance and Ostentatious Romance. <laughs> I almost like say that wrong. You just got stunned on like the, the name of Jane Austen. You're like, oh, yes, Jane Austen. Sorry, nothing else comes after that. Is it a romance? We don't care. It's something <laughs> Jane Austen. But we are so lucky. We've been so lucky to, um, Jenica, like she, she reached, or I reached out to her and she was so nice to just like respond back and be willing to do this interview with us because mm-hmm. I read this book like a year ago and I think so whenever it first came out I read it and I bought it on a road trip I was like oh I need something good this sounds right up my alley read it loved it and then bought the physical book because it belonged in my life forever and now I made Anna read it <laughs> it's like oh, yeah Anna. we talked about it in our Bridgerton episode yes to fill the Bridgerton hole and can I just say it not even perfectly fills the Bridgerton hole. It like exceeds what Bridgerton yes! has for me oh. on like so many levels. <laughs> we loved it. And it's like, I think that it wasn't just the fact that like, it was like Jane Austen historical fiction, which is fun. But like, guys, if you're looking for a character, like a main character that you actually like, this is definitely oh yeah definitely one of those. Um, but we definitely want to have like, be able to have an open discussion on this book um since we have like the amazing author of it here so there is going to be spoilers in this episode and so we really recommend reading this book ahead of time and then coming back and listening to it so that way you can scream about it with us so please okay so jenica tell us a little bit about you hi yeah no thank you guys so much for having me this is uh you know i'm i'm really excited to do this with you guys so um yeah i'm um from northern california originally um and I, um, I went to school in Britain. I've done a couple, like, um, I went there for a summer in college. Uh, and so, you know, I got pretty immersed in the whole British scene. Oh, <laughs> I don't, I mean, that's no, exaggeration, I that. quite honestly. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, but, you know, I was in Cambridge. Uh, and so it was, you know, it was really nice to be able to be in a small town and in the university town and like be able to see I love the flex that you casually went to Cambridge University. (laughs) Isn't that like, wasn't that like in existence when the pyramids were in existence or something? Right. Yeah. Like the 1300s. Oh, it's in this small college town. Like, you know, just this like casual college. I'm like, didn't like Cambridge, like it's been around for two millennia. Like what? Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, I just mean that to say like, you know, I am obviously an Anglophile and, you know, I've spent quite a bit of time there. I'm obsessed. Yes. And, um, you know, so, and, you know, I go back to England when I can, obviously I haven't since the pandemic, but um, it's, you know, it's sort of like one of my favorite places in the world to go to. So, and Scotland as well. So anyway, um, that's part of like why I decided to write in this lane. And uh, also, of course, I, you know, I grew up reading Jane Austen and, you know, Charlotte Bronte, of course, and, um, you know, and then I got into like historical romance when I was in college and so that's sort of where this all came about is that you know my love for England and Jane Austen and all the different you know aspects of 
falling in love in this, you know, in this sort of like idealized version of history. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I really want to unpack that so much in this interview too, is like why we love like the Regency time period. What about it is so fascinating to us? Why like there's so many books about that genre, like why you chose to write in it and stuff like that. Also, where in Northern California? Oh, uh, so Sacramento area, actually. Yeah, I lived in Sacramento area for like eight years of my life. So oh, I was like, did? Oh. Yeah, what part? Like I lived in Marysville, like you were saying. Oh, really? Um, yeah, Roseville, uh, Folsom area. Oh, yes. Girl, yeah. that's a good part of the <laughs> 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 world. is like Sacramento or like Sacramento. Like, you know, <laughs> we know where you live. <laughs> That's lived in the good part for those of you that did not that are not from northern california she lived in the i know north. like for like me i'm like selena always manages to make these like fun connections to everyone and i'm like I'm- everyone's from roseville i'm just like there's like a lesion of freaking authors that are from roseville california like yeah i just was sitting there like um can i join that group can i just i won't write anything just be friends with you guys like what is that like no, this is true. Like a bunch of, uh, there are, were a bunch of us who lived in, you know, the Roseville area. So it's kind of interesting, yeah. odd and cool at the same time. Yeah. Mm, it's a good breeding ground, Roseville. It's great. Apparently, apparently. Um, do you want to introduce the book, Anna? Yeah. Okay. So obviously you know what this is about. It's the Dangerous Alliance, but I'll just introduce the book for you guys. So Lady Victoria Ashton has everything she could want, older sister happily wed, the future of her family estate secure, and ample opportunity to while her time away in fields around her home. But now Vicky must marry or find herself and her family destitute. Armed only with the wisdom she has gained from her beloved novels by Jane Austen, she enters society's treacherous season. Sadly, Miss Austen has little to say about Vicky's exact circumstances, whether the roguish Mr. Carmichael is indeed a scoundrel, if her former best friend Tom Sherborne is out, of, is out for her dowry, or for her heart, or even how to fend off the attentions of the foppish Mr. Silby, he of the unfortunate fashion sensibility. Most unfortunately of all, Vicky's books are silent on the topic of the mysterious accidents cropping up around her, ones that could prevent her from surviving until her wedding day. Is there anything else you want to add to that? I mean, you wrote this book, so. <laughs> well, um, gosh. I mean, I you feel like that's a, that like, says it all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, pulling it back, pulling it back. What is it? <laughs> oh, I like was reading that again, and I'm like, I got done reading that little like explanation. I was like, I should read this book again. Like, oh, when when I saw Tom's name, I was like, Tom, we love Tom, we stand for Tom. Oh, yay! I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> I've read this book multiple times. Um, so let's let's settle it. Let's just like simper into historical fiction and your inspiration for Dangerous Alliance. Let's do like that kind of thing. Lead us okay. in. I just want to like listen to you. <laughs> well, so yeah, inspiration wise, yeah, I think it mostly, like I said, came from sort of my love of Jane Austen, and um, I've always been sort of a you know a fangirl of Jane Austen myself since I was probably in middle school, I think, and um, so you know I thought it was it might be kind of a fun idea to have a girl in that time, you know, who lived in yeah. Jane Austen's time and who was a fan of her books because there were plenty of people who were big fans of her books, even in the, you know, even when they were coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that was my sort of inspiration for Vicky's like, you know, meta love of books and, <laughs> and all the characters and all that. But then, um, and then, yeah, as far as like the rest of the novel, um, 
you know, there's, I thought it would be pretty interesting to do something where something different than the normal Regency story mm-hmm. where, you know, of course, you know, there's elements where like Vicky has to get married, but this is because, you know, her sister is trying to get a divorce, which is not something that most Regency books deal with. Um, and just because like, I think when I was writing it, for example, people would tell me people who were very into the writing, uh, into Regency novels would tell me like, you can't get a divorce in the Regency. It's impossible. And I was like, how is it impossible? Meanwhile, uh, you know, I think I looked back at Sense of Sensibility at some point and I saw that there was a, there's like the whole sort of backstory with Colonel Brandon and mm-hmm. his young, lo- you know, his love when he was younger. And, um, you know, and you find out if you read that closely that actually his brother and the, the girl that he was in love with you know, they ended up getting married, but they ended up getting a divorce. And it's just sort of casually thrown in there. And like, and meanwhile, I was like, okay, well, obviously this did exist. Obviously people were able to get divorces. Now I didn't know the circumstances, but that, you know, made me go into this sort of deep dive into the social history and the legal history, um, which was quite interesting. And that's sort of like where the seed of Dangerous Alliance kind of came from. I love that. Really quick to hop onto that, just to like follow up. Um, When you're writing a historical fiction, how much did you like need to know about the rules, the social etiquette and stuff like that in order to write? Like there's like specific scenes where like they can't do things because of like in a normal present day situation would be totally normal. But like in that day and age, like that would be like unheard of. And so how did you like learn that knowledge and how did you like use it to your advantage? Like I would love to hear more about that. Okay, that's a good, great question. Um, so I think a lot of it was from rereading Jane Austen's books because I figured, okay, you know, she, well, you know, it's fun to reread the books, of course, but also she's got a ton of social inner information in there. And like, you know, um, whereas like if you go on the internet and you go read about Regency mores and how they, you know, how society worked, a lot of times people on the internet are coming up with stuff from, Georgette Higher books or um, or other Regency romance writers um, that they just sort of have like parroted and some of it's not true so yeah so that was like my first you know piece was to you know reread Austin and really try and immerse myself in in her world for you know lack of a better term Yes, we yeah. also wish to live in the Jane Austen world like a thousand times. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And well, then with, with toilets, we love the toilets. Like exactly, and the you know the modern medicine. Yeah, women like being able to buy property and like you know, but like the dresses though. <laughs> exactly right. The dresses and the dancing and the you know the balls and the yeah all that stuff. Yeah, but um, no, I know if you could just take if you could take the good stuff of the Regency and like leave the bad stuff, it would be, it'd be lovely. But uh, <laughs> um, the mini series of Pride and Prejudice. So I can't live that life and then, you know, stay in my air conditioned house. It's great. It's a good, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Also, and then what else did I do? I, um, oh, at that point, I then also, of course, like went back and looked at uh, historical, um, you know, secondary sources to find, you know, that were well-respected um, just to make sure that I had some of that information correct and that I wasn't hopefully pulling from other authors who were just sort of coming up with their own rules that ex- may have, or may or may not have existed yeah. back then. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, okay, so getting even more into the story, you write Vicky as such a likable main character, and so we'd love to hear, like, the inspiration you got behind her, because there's so many scenes where, like, in other books I've read, they would just have this the reader would know something that the main character didn't and you would just be waiting for the main character to find that out. Whereas Vicky the whole time is up to pace with where the reader is. Ah, like, okay. So yeah, I interesting. About, like, her inspiration. She also like talks to Tom. Like instead of like the, the normal trope where they like are like, will they, won't they? She's like, hey Tom, this thing's happening and it's super weird. Like, do you have anything to do with <laughs> yes. it? Like, you know what I mean? like, and Tom's like, no, I don't. And she's like, hmm, I actually believe you and this is a really great relationship that we have already built. Oh, cool, okay, so. <laughs> Like, I just am like, thank you. Like, this is, why can't all books be like this? Yeah. And how the crap do you do that? And how can you tell everyone to do that? Like, like yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, it's so nice. I think, you know, I, it was important to me to come up with someone who was actually likable. And, but, you know, she's obviously got flaws, but I did think, you know, it's important to kind of set up the dynamic between them, which was that there was like a normal friendship. And, you know, and the reason they don't talk if there's stuff they don't talk about in the course of the book, it's because their friendship was sort of broken and, you know, so things aren't perfect, but, um, but yeah, but I like the idea that they had this relationship when they were kids or they just like talked about whatever and were, you know, even though there were you know, a young boy and a young girl, like they could talk about stuff until, you know, the major break where he couldn't tell her certain things anymore. But um because I had friends who were boys when I was a kid, when I was a little girl. And I was like, this happens. I don't see the problem. Um, and then when they got older, um, sorry, what? I said hear. we stand a best friend romance. We stand it. Yes. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> totally fun. So that was a fun dynamic to play with. Um, and then, yeah, as far as Vicky goes, like, I just... I'm glad that you guys think she's likable and fun because really like that was something I was really aiming toward. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. They're... Oh, go ahead. Anna, go. Oh no. I just said perfectly achieved. Like every decision she mm-hmm. made, I was like agreeing with her with, I was like, yes, that makes sense. That's what I, I would do. Yes. Please ask Mr. Carmichael why he was acting so irrational the other night. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> if, if your if your carriage is like going towards the river, don't just sit there waiting to be safe. Jump out of the darn carriage. Yeah. I was like, yes, that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> yeah, I don't see why you need to wait for the you know your guy friend or your boyfriend to save you when you know you can kind of do it yourself. Really, yes, we appreciate it, and I think that what um just like her as a person. Was it just, I, you make it sound like it's so easy to have a likable character, but I don't feel like it is. Like, easy. No, I don't think like, it is. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe the reason, yeah, I think I'm not quite like, sure what I did. No, you know, like, this is rare. We would not have like contacted you if we did not, like, we are so picky. We've DNF'd so many books, but like this, this heroine, we're sitting there like, she's got something special. And I'm just like sitting there like, what's your secret? How did you do this? Where can I find more books like yours? Like, this is great. <laughs> oh, uh, well, you know, I'm trying to think what I did. Honestly, I think it, cause I wrote this book over the course of many years. And I think, you know, I would get some feedback that like maybe this, you know, specific thing that she had done was not likable or was not, you know, it, it just it would annoy some reader or that other, some other reader. And then I think, well, is there a way to fix it? Is there a way for her to still you know, is there a way for her to be, I don't know. I mean, I wish there was a term than likable because I, I, like, I can't think of anything at the moment, but you know, and I don't want to say that like all girls should be, you know, 
should be so likable because I mean, there's room for everyone, I think, but um, I, I personally wanted her to be. So I, I'm glad that she is. I think you did well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, like, I don't know exactly what I did other than like do many drafts and come up with other solutions when people would say, I don't like when she's doing this or, um, you know, or like, you know, I think some of my initial reactions were that Vicky would kind of berate Tom for X, Y, or Z thing, you know, or like, I think the, the one that comes to mind is after the carriage and she jumps out and I think an original version, she was like mad at him that he had not helped her <laughs> enough. And, um, and people were like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, and he was like, I mean, while well, he had tried his best, and it was kind of sad. So eventually I fixed that to make it be like, yeah, you know, thank you, but this didn't work out. So <laughs> we have to deal. I love that. You even make it like a running theme through the book, like his unfortunate hero timing. <laughs> yeah. It's so close so many times. <laughs> he is, right? I mean, it's kind of, yeah, I, I kind of had to make it into a running gag because <laughs> it just is kind of funny that he keeps trying, but like, doesn't work out. <laughs> Just Honestly, if that isn't marriage, I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's true. Just missed. <laughs> so close. <laughs> the effort yeah. was there. <laughs> I love you, Tanner. You're great. <laughs> listen to it. It's fine. I've like done that test multiple times. I'm like, oh, did you listen to the episode? Oh, no. I didn't. I was like, good. Glad you didn't. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I think, okay, the third question is totally your question, Anna. I feel like you should be the one that asked that. Oh, I thought. Yeah. So it's just the way that Tom, over the course of the book, slowly starts to understand his feelings for her. And it was so funny because he almost gets hit, hit over the head with he's like, well, who could I possibly find to marry her that isn't Mr. Carmichael? Like, I could not let her marry him. And he's like, what about me? Oh, my gosh, I could do it. And so, like, he gets hit over the head with he's like, I think I'm in love with Vicky. And so, like, I just want to know the decision behind why you wanted to have, like, a slow you know, like a slow roll into him and being like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with her. What can I do? Yeah. So I think what I was trying to do there is, you know, he's so sort of broken from all his experiences in a way. And um, so he doesn't feel like he deserves love really, or he just doesn't know if he could love someone that way um, because of, you know, because of all his stuff that's happened to him and his, his father and, um he's just confused about stuff so I thought it would be it would make sense for him to really have this kind of slow um you know like he's enjoying their friendship it's coming back but he's also like well I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't get too close to her because of all this other stuff and I've got other things going on and then you know eventually we come to the point where he's like yeah I really don't want her to marry Carmichael and what does that mean um and so like if he didn't come to some realization there I think it would just be very like how dense is this guy but he's you know so that was my yeah. thought like he's got to have some realization even if it's slow even if it's like I didn't think this was gonna happen to me but so yeah funny. it was like perfect it was like so cute and like I was screaming into my I just remember like I have this inner monologue and I'm like Tom you love Victoria <laughs> to her like I think I'd take it for Tom <laughs> yeah. yeah no I mean that's great I think 
it's I'm I'm so glad it's like one of those where you're like screaming at the book and like oh why I think we're at the point where we've realized that our like when our authors come on it's just us like screaming at our authors about our favorite parts like and then when you said this like I reacted like this this is like what it was like it's just us fangirling over authors I'm so sorry it's just us being like so when you did this it was like really beautiful because of this like you don't need to know this, but this is how reactions to it. Oh, but that's so nice. It's really lovely to hear, you know, when you put a lot of work into something. You're being like, I am actually amazing. I'm going to go write another book right now. And we will, <laughs> we will be to read any day. Um, we're given a little sneak peek at what really happened to Tom when his father threw him out. Yeah. Um, but I would love to know how more about how it all came to be. I know the last straw was Tom giving the maid some money so she could leave and his father throwing him out with nothing. But it would be so interesting to know the journey he had to go on from finding his sister Susie to making it all the way to, you know, like, tell us a little this bit. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I had more of that backstory in original, in earlier drafts. And I think I must have had to, like, cherry pick what went into the final book. But, um, so, yeah. Emailing us, any of those, like, we are not <laughs> offended by that at all. You're fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fine. We well, you. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, blame I blame my editor. No, I'm kidding. Um, Red pen, no. <laughs> like um, boring. No one will ever want to know these questions. No, none. Right. Yeah. No. I, well, I mean, it's perfect because now I get to tell you guys on you know fun interview. So um, she. Oh, oh. Okay. So we'll see. So Tom. My thought was that he you know he got kicked out of the house and then his mother um, basically had arranged for him to go to Switzerland and be with his uncle and aunt and their family. Um, and so she kind of was able to get, get him a little bit of money to tide him over and get like pay for his tickets to go to Switzerland. And then, um, and then he meets Susie when he's in London waiting for, you know, waiting for a passage to get over to the, to the rest of Europe. And, um, decides to kind of like cash in that like expensive ticket to you know to bring her along that sort of thing that was my idea and that's a you know then ended up in Switzerland at the hotel at his uncle's hotel and they were just sort of dealing you know like I have um you know I have family who is like specifically I have a cousin who came and lived with us during college and so it kind of, you know, sort of like reminded me of that. And we always made him as, you know, we tried to make him as welcome as possible and like bring him into the family. But um, so that sort of was my idea there that, you know, I, I, if you need more detail, let me know. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else. You'll just be like, wow, these girls keep emailing us. I don't understand. They won't leave me alone. I guess I made a promise to them, like or something. Okay, Anna, what were you going to say? Oh, I just think that's so cute. Like, I honestly, at the end of the book, obviously, Vicky and Tom get together. And so I just picture Vicky traveling with Tom to go visit his uncle. And I'm just being like, I approve. Like, she's everything. Like, so I totally picture that. Because I feel like his uncle gave him that, like, the father role that he'd never got originally. And so right. that was just, like, fun to get little snippets of that. What do you see as the end? I'm like, you can give us a little, a little epilogue. We're not, we won't be mad about it. No, that's exactly actually what I had thought was that, you know, he and Vicky went to Switzerland at some point and got to spend time with his uncle and the uncle's family. And, and that, you know, honestly, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have a book, like have to have a sequel where they're in Switzerland and they're, you know, but also I was like, I don't know what the plot would be, but no, no, still, no, be no, fun. Don't, don't backtrack. Please keep going. <laughs> Please keep We're talking. Missing. 
<laughs> well, like, you know, almost like maybe they went on a honeymoon or something eventually and that, that they'd end up there for a while and enjoying it. I just, I, like I said, I can't yeah. think of like a cool, intriguing plot line for that, but it'd be fun. You can publish a novella. Um, to help his uncle. Boom. A hotel's maybe struggling and Tom and Vicky's like, yeah. I'm like, Hey, I like it. I like, like that we lot. can help you out. We will we will come up with a problem if you give us the solution. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm open to it for sure. <laughs> yes. I was gonna say too, like, um, I know he was in the in the end, he's like, it's gonna be a couple of years before I can like really do things. Like, when do you think it all worked out for them? And like when do you think I know he proposed Yeah. What was proposed, but I'd love to like know a little more of what you imagine for them. I don't know. I have a couple of different ideas. You know, one is that maybe it took him, maybe it did take him a couple of years to get the hotel going. Um, but then, you know, and then they could get married if they wanted to, or maybe they just kind of like, I don't know. It, I really think it's totally open-ended, you know, honestly, like you could come up with any number of scenarios there, but like, or you could come up with the scenario that like, Hey, his hotel worked out perfectly well. And you know, then they get married immediately. Like if that's your jam too. So I don't know. Really, it's kind of depends. Yeah, leave it for the reader. I'm a, I'm yeah. a microwave jam kind of girl. I'm like, okay, the jam is good. The jam is piping, piping hot. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, that. so we have to talk about Mr. Carmichael because he seems so likable and like at the right times also somewhat shady. So I'm like, was this all because of unreliable narration from Tom? Like we do learn that him and Vicky really aren't a perfect match for that reason. But I'd love to know more about like his past and kind of his character. And especially I'm like at the end, you give us a little hint of like maybe a Susie and Carmichael or a getting cozy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. I think, yeah, I think what you're, you're right that a lot of the issue with the, it's sort of his Tom's unreliable narration about Carmichael is what makes you realize that he's not quite as perfect as Vicky mm -hmm. hopes he is. Um, but that said, like, I do think he still has issues. He's got, you know, sort of chauvinism built into him. Uh, you know, the patriarchy is definitely there in his brain, <laughs> less so than in Tom. And, um, you know, obviously Tom is less, is less about the patriarchy because of what he went through. Um, and the fact that, you know, he just, he kind of lets Vicky do her thing, even though at the beginning he's initially kind of like, oh, what are you doing? This is, <laughs> why are you so like this? But, um, but you know, he, he evolves. I think Carmichael is still on that journey of evolving into a more enlightened male, <laughs> if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but, but that said, no, like, I don't think there's anything like specifically wrong with him where he's a bad person. It's just that he's not quite as enlightened as some males are, I guess. I haven't quite had the character growth yet. Right, exactly. Uh, it's like, oh, he's still he's still working on his redemption arc. He's still working on it. He's good. Absolutely, yeah. I think, um, you know, if there were to be another book, I probably would have him have some kind of larger redemption arc because he needs it, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, no, as far as like his backstory, if that's what you were curious about that, is that right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, you know, my thought was that he's got, he had this father who was also very like difficult, not abusive, like Tom's father, but just, you know, always, always wanting more from him, that sort of thing. And then he sort of got into this, let me show him sort of dynamic and yeah. became very successful 
um, but then never quite won his approval in any case. And so he's got this sort of complex of like, I just have to be the best and I have to be better than everyone else. Um, and, and then also like originally, this is sort of like a, an Easter egg that is, you know, maybe not an Easter, real Easter egg, but <laughs> in original versions, um, Tom and Carmichael and Charles were actually related. They were actually brothers. So it turned out that, I mean, I had, to, I excised this, but um, initially they were going to be half brothers. And that was sort of like one of the another big reveals at the end was that, you know, yeah. Car- Carmichael's mother had actually had an affair with Tom and Charles's father and he refused to marry her. And that- <laughs> they were then brothers and that was why you know there's sort of these references to like Carmichael reminding Tom of his father um so I left them in there just because it's also you know like it works anyway but I love that love that so much (laughs) but also that would have killed any kind of like you know relationship between him and Susie so I eventually was like yeah I guess that doesn't make sense (laughs) or we'll just leave it out Okay, so I think next we'd love to just talk about Athea for a little bit because especially you talked about her beginning with the whole divorce thing. Um, but what I loved so much is you captured her like feelings of feeling like trapped and her struggles that she went through so perfectly. And the reason I love that is because Tom went through much of the same thing with his father. And so Tom was able to bring that perspective in for Vicky to understand a little bit more. If he was like, just give her time. Like, that's all you can really do. Just love her and, and like show her that you're there for her. Um, so I would just love to like see or hear your uh, inspiration behind putting all of that in. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, so I have family members who've gone through, you know, abuse and I also have like I had a close friend who was going through a similar thing with her husband and um you know it just it's so common and yet you know it's not talked about that often I feel um so I really wanted to kind of highlight it and just you know do what I could to show like and a, an approach at it and you know and it's tough because this is obviously YA and these are teenagers but, um, but it really affects, you know, it affects the entire family and it affects your, your stuff like that. They have people that they love that go through things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And we don't get that a lot in like Victorian times. Like I like loved your acknowledgements and like, was your acknowledgements or your historical notes? Yeah. Where you were discussing like the domestic violence and like when it like occurred and like why a divorce and I was just in there like I'm so glad you educated us on that that was powerful no I'm glad yeah I I felt like it's it's amazing because this stuff happened I mean it, it still happens today but it happened so much back then and people were even more stuck in marriages than you know back then and yeah. so but you know I did want to make it clear that like with the right sort of help you were able to get out of these kind of relationships these toxic problematic you know mm-hmm. things that would just tear your family apart and um yeah so I was you know again I was keen to give uh, Althea a happy ending there and, like, yes. get her, well, get her out of that marriage that she was like like reputation be damned I will do whatever it takes to get away from Dane and I just felt like that felt really realistic 
And that yeah. was such a powerful message too, to like give to people who are in situations of abuse or things like that, that like even someone who in society, like divorce was looked upon so egregiously, like she got out of it and mm-hmm. seeing these people, you know, Tom stood up to an abuser as well. And like, it's what a beautiful parallel between their two of their journeys and like how they were willing to like, no, 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 living on nothing or living in, in quote unquote shame is better than facing you know, abuse. And it's just like, wow, like, well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's, you know, it, it, there's so many different aspects to it. You know, there's obviously there's, the, there's Charles who was stuck there with his father, and it obviously affects him in a totally different way. And, um, you know, and then there, and then you end up with like a breach between the, the siblings, because one understands it, one doesn't, because they're, you know, not really involved. And yeah, so anyway, there's just- <laughs> It's hard. Um, yeah, it's hard. More, like points to, so these are like really just our thoughts and we just wanted to like hear your reactions to it. Yes. Um, I'll have Anna talk about the last chapter and I'll talk about like Vicky's, like I just love the way that you took the, took the damsel in distress trope and you flipped it on its head and that it was so well done. Um, I wrote that Vicky proves herself more than capable on numerous times. We love that she's fierce. She's unapologetically herself. The heroic timing for Tom is so funny. He's always trying to help her, but she's always the one that ends up saving herself. Like every single time she's like, I'm about to go down. Just kidding. I'm going to save myself, fool. Why are you here? You're a little bit late. Okay, that's fine. I saved myself. Like she's like, I really would have been dead several times if I hadn't saved myself. Oh my gosh, you're right. She would have been dead I, quite a few times. I almost killed her like six times, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, you know, it was it was in service of the story, but yes, she <laughs> I do think it, you know, it was important to me that she was able to, or at least if not able to, you know, fight everyone, at least she tries mm-hmm. and you know, doesn't sit in the carriage and cry, I guess. Um yes. Yeah. We know a lot of carriage criers in like all of the books we read. And so yeah. like, we love that she doesn't do that. She doesn't complain. It's beautiful. And Nicole's <laughs> alone, which was so nice. Oh, Anna, you got to share your feelings. I feel like the like that you need to talk about the last chapter. Talk about oh, it. Oh, well, just like, so you gave like, I don't know if it's just the things I've been. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. My dog is barking. <laughs> Stop it. Come here. Okay. So. Like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's very uh, normally, but I have to kick him out. Oh, <laughs> cute. <laughs> Poor guy. His name is Buster. I'll make note of this and definitely don't Yeah, I'll just call Alexandra. It was like right then, so we're good. Okay. Okay, so, so you gave us like an epilogue kind of, and so everything resolves itself beautifully and she's saved and tom is there and they've accepted their feelings for each other and then the last chapter you give us they're all like at her home manor and i remember i like remember the line where she was like tom i will have my austin wedding like my austin ending i will have it and so like you don't see that but like it's still in the back of your mind when they're all together having lunch celebrating that thea has finally like severed ties with dan the morning period is like over enough for her oh. and I love that you gave literally you tied a bow for everyone for Thea <laughs> and her guard for Carmichael and Susie 
for Vicky and Tom. So I'm just like that last chapter was just so fun for us to read. So oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm one of those people who really loves having everything tied up with a bow <laughs> to the point where like uh, my editor said, can't we leave a couple things open ended? And I said, well, I guess like this one thing, I guess we can leave it. But um, <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I really do. I like things tied up and like, I like happy endings and, you know, of course life isn't that perfect, but this is a book and it's, yeah. you know, it, it's something fun and We're reading for escape. Let us escape. And you did. Right. Yeah. Yay. I'm glad. <laughs> Love it. Okay. We just wanted to close out the interview by talking just really quickly about your next book. Yeah. Like, tell us everything. I mean, don't tell us everything because we want to read it. You know, we want to buy it, but like, <laughs> like, tell yeah. us what so, okay, the next book is called My Fine Fellow, and it'll be out in January of 22. And it is a My Fair Lady uh, Pygmalion retelling, gender swapped. Um, so the, uh, yeah, so the main character is, that's why it's called My Fine Fellow. He is the, the one being kind of made over. And okay. instead of language, um, he actually, they're, the two girls are teaching him how to be this like really amazing chef for the upper upper classes and um and to pass as this you know he starts off as this like young um sort of street vendor uh selling selling empanadas and you know cornish pasties and that sort of thing and then uh they turn him into this amazing chef this culinarian as they as i've come it's a term i've just created for this book so <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah and the girls, and you know, it's gonna be a very, it's sort of like an alternate world where the girls are like, they have professions in this world. Um, it sort of takes place, it's like after the Regency. And um, yeah, so they're able to have professions and be, you know, liberated to some extent. And um, so you took all the best parts of the, of like the old, the old world, but, but then put them with all the parts of that we love. Good. Okay. So you yep. created that. So we just have to like go there to exist. Now we awesome. Have to wait. <laughs> now we just have to wait until January. Fun. Love that for us. <laughs> we'll just reread the Dangerous Alliance a thousand times until then. It's fine. We'll be fine. Aww. We'll be fine. <laughs> That's super cool. Where can everybody find you? Oh, um, yeah. So I'm on Twitter uh, at Jenica underscore Cohen and same with Instagram. And, um, and then of course my website, which is JenicaCohen.com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome well thank you for coming on here and answering all our questions and letting us fangirl over you a lot of oh. fun we're so sorry we just tried to really hug <laughs> with our words but it was like a really long lingering hug where you're like okay well who, who breaks first i don't i don't know <laughs> oh no this is lovely this has been so much fun i you know i love being able to meet you guys and i know about dangerous science so much fun you're the best. Thank you for everything. And you guys should tune in next week. And also, like, seriously, we all just need to follow this amazing author and love on her even more. So thank you guys. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>